0: fans, if you want to see Toyota's best offers, including those not seen on TV, go to buyatoyota.com. It's Toyota's official website for deals from the official vehicle of the New England Patriots. Toyota, let's go places. This is Patriots Playbook. The legend. I got one of those updates this week from Facebook. You know how they send you memories? They sent me one from 50 freaking years ago. You know what my reaction was? You mother. <laughs> good golly miss molly the depth is terrible boy we love revisionist history around here don't we i started out the program and they said you know hey eh, you know I think we we're talking tackle back in april and everybody said no oh, no if they if they draft a tackle oh i'm gonna scream bloody murder oh i'm gonna jump off the train
1: oh now here's your host of patriots
0: playbook john rook our camera person just jumped off the train right <laughs> wow is all i can <laughs> oh. our, our apologies for coming on uh well let's see evan um i'll see you uh, you'll be out of here in about 62 seconds right
2: <laughs> <laughs> well as long as the quarterback uh, takes his sweet time coming to the coming podium we got some time be all set right yeah. okay
0: well, everybody welcome into the playbook it is our maiden voyage uh i'll be just a little bit of a uh, uh of a of a slow start anyway uh here on week one of the NFL regular season. John Rook, Evan Lazar is here. Coming up on the program, Chad Graff, who covers the Patriots for The Athletic. That's he's going to cool. give us his spin coming up in a bit. Dave Spadero from philadelphiaeagles.com, at Eagles Insider. Or as I like to call oh. him, he's the Paul Perillo of the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh. Although Take I think away. I think what we need to have, Maureen and I talked about this. Okay, one thing that I have to, to, to deal with, wait a second, I got to move this now? Hold on, <laughs> this has got to go. We don't need. We don't, don't need want any the more, badge on. We don't want any Wanna more sure John they, John Rooks they, running around. Yeah, they well. Oh, you think somebody would like?
2: Yes. Really? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a security thing. It is. Wow. Yeah. Looking screenshot and use your ID. Wow. Yeah, they okay. uh, they tell us in in orientation. Like if we're like going out for lunch or something like yeah. that, leave it in the car to leave it in the car. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, it's a real thing.
0: Okay, I, I listen. I I want to just I want to get along. I want to yeah. be a friend of everybody around here. Yeah. Since we're doing this newfangled thing called television after 22 years of doing a radio show, now it's a television show too. Well, so how do you feel yeah.
2: about it? Do you like it? It's fine. <laughs> it's good. You get, you get the YouTube uh, comments. You get the yeah. interaction. You Wh- get Which which live is, feed?
3: Yeah, which yeah. is
0: great. I don't I don't mind yeah. it at all. But you know when you've been doing. Radio for as long as I have been. Uh, And of course, we've been doing radio here, as I've said many times before. So those that have heard this are already going, oh, here he goes again. Uh, This is the 23rd year that we've done this show. Wow. 24 years of Patriots.com radio. We launched in 2000. And then the first year of the playbook was 2001. And of course, Two weeks after we launched uh, Playbook, nine eleven hit, and that was another story altogether. But we have managed to keep you know plowing forward. But this is the first time we've ever you know streamed it you know with the uh, the television aspect of it. So it's good. It's good. It's good, good for the numbers. That it works out.
2: Some people really like watching on YouTube. More. God only knows why. I don't know. I'm old, it's man. A, it's the uh, it's the platform. Like they like the the way that the 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 player yeah. works better than sure. Yeah. Sure.
0: I, I get that. Yeah. Um, and it is all about a visual medium. And that's, shoot, that's part of what we, we teach at school and all that kind of stuff, right? There you go. All right. So we need to jump into this right away since we're a little delayed of the process. But first and foremost, i got to get your thoughts on Jack Jones and his issue uh, largely uh, being taken care of, to our knowledge, because we still haven't heard definitively from the NFL on if there's going to be any kind of a suspension or any kind of a punishment yeah. that he will have to pay for his, shall we say, transgression. By the way, before, and I'm going to digress right off the bat, I heard someone to say earlier today that carrying guns inadvertently into airports is not an uncommon occurrence.
2: Yeah, somebody called into PU and said that in the pittsburgh i think it was pittsburgh pittsburgh i heard that call as well earlier today yeah yeah, yeah. airport there was 27 similar cases in the last year but i i think where a lot of it i i don't want to comment too much on the legal proceedings with jack Jones. i'm not a lawyer but i think a lot of what happens is is that there's there's strict guidelines and rules you can transport guns on a plane but it just has to be done correctly Right there's rules and guidelines of how the, they have to be checked. They have to be in a bot, you know, one of those Pelican cases, lockbox, whatever, all all that stuff. But uh, I I think that that's where a lot of this comes from. I'm not saying that's necessarily what happened with Jack Jones, but sometimes it's just pure confusion of, oh, I thought I could do this, yeah. which I know sounds crazy, but I, I think that that's where a lot of it comes from. Okay,
0: um, be that as it may. How does he figure into the rotation? Does he start? Yeah. Does he come in off the bench as the nickel back What does he do?
2: Well, I think, you know, obviously it's game plan to game plan with this team. So it's hard to say, is this guy a starting cornerback? Is it, you know, where is he uh, factor into all of this? I I, I think in this week and in, this, in in this game, the Eagles, uh, they're a run-heavy team. Uh, they run a lot of 12 personnel, two tight end. Uh, they want to come downhill at you. They want to run the football. So... Is a Jack Jones type of cornerback really the, the guy that you want in the game for that tor- sort of game plan? Uh, probably not. And They have all these safeties the Patriots do, and my guess is this is going to be a pretty safety-heavy plan. I think you could at times see, now depending on what you call everybody, but I think you could see four safeties on the field at times in this game. So – is this necessarily the game for Jack Jones? No. I, I also think that just in general, I, I maybe I differ from some other people on Jack Jones, in my opinion, of him as a player. I, I think he has moments. I think he's got a ton of talent. But I think he's a risk taker. I, I think he's a ball hawk. I don't think he's a real man-to-man, live-in-your-hip-pocket, no pun intended, that was bad, uh, sort of thing. Like I don't think that that's... Uh, that's really his game like I I don't think that he's really a, a strappy cornerback in that sense but that's I, I don't know maybe I'm wrong maybe I I have a different opinion on that than that on other people I, I just I guess my whole point is is I I'm not totally convinced that Jack Jones is is this great cornerback yet I think that there's been too much inconsistency in his game.
0: We've seen the flashes. We've seen yeah. the physical ability. We've seen the, the, the speed. We've seen the ability to cover. We've seen the ability to make plays. And really, yeah. that's what you need on defense. You know, last couple of years, since especially since the last Super Bowl, the cry has been for playmaking ability on the defensive side of the ball. Forget offense for a second, but you need guys that can make stops and make plays when a play is needed. Jones showed last year as a rookie – that he might have the potential to do that. And you do want playmakers on the field.
2: You do, but I I don't know. He's a good ball hawk, right? Like, he'll go out there and and have a a couple interceptions that are really impressive, like last year in Green Bay against Detroit. So really impressive plays. But the consistency to me, down-to-down, is not necessarily there. He had lapses last year in terms of uh, you know knowing what coverage they were in, man-to-man lapses, things like that. I I just – I'm not trying to be super down on him as a player. I, I see the potential. I see the talent. He's a fun player to watch because he can turn the ball over. Uh, but he's a he's a boomer bust player right now. There's just no other way around it. I was about to
0: say you're just you know deflating the tires a little bit on him.
2: I just don't think that he's the type of guy that is a down to down lockdown corner. And I get that he was a fourth round pick. He's and that, not Christian Gonzalez and that right. Like Christian Gonzalez to me is a very different breed because Christian Gonzalez is going to stay with his guy for 70 snaps a game. He might not have the ball production that Jack Jones has. He might not have the the plays on the football, but he's going to live in the the kitchen of the opposing receiver for 65, 70 plays a game, or at least that's the hope, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas I think with Jack Jones, uh, he's a much more JC Jackson. Like he's much more of a ball hawker or chance taker, whatever you want to call it. And there was just a lot of instances last year where he didn't necessarily always get burned for it because the quarterback didn't throw the ball his direction, but, uh, you know, he lost a lot of reps last year. And especially in, I felt, over committing to things, trying to jump things, and then they hit him with double moves or they just run by him or whatever the case may be. And uh, I I just, I guess I'm not, you know, I I hear a lot of people that, that are saying, Oh, uh, Jack Jones is you know he, his legal situation like huge win for the Patriots. Like, yeah, it's a good thing that Jack Jones is going to be able to play football for the Patriots versus him not playing football. Right, right? like that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, uh, but I, I think that you're some people are maybe just overrating the player what he currently is a little bit. All
0: right. Let's leave that and set it aside for a moment because clearly time is going to tell on that one. If that's issue one, then issue 1A has to be the offensive line and who's going to show up healthy to play and able to play and able to keep. Philadelphia's ferocious defensive front somewhat off of Mac Jones to where he has a chance to actually throw the ball and the Patriots have a chance to actually run the ball decently. And I'm kind of curious as to your thoughts of what you think that offensive line might look like on Sunday.
2: Well, so there's a couple of different scenarios here. One, the offensive line in terms of what I think is going to be out there I think there will be some rotation because you don't usually go wire to wire in week one anyways as they're sort of building up the endurance and things like that. And I would also say there's guys that have been hurt, guys haven't practiced a whole lot. So to expect the... Calvin Anderson, who I do think is going to be the starting right tackle on Sunday, but to expect him to play 65 snaps on Sunday is unrealistic. He hasn't practiced enough. Uh, he was very, very ill with whatever the situation was that kept him out of training camp. So I would expect other guys whether it was the two newcomers at city. So somebody else is going to get involved at the right tackle spot, but I do think Calvin Anderson will start at right tackle. And I think the rest of the line is going to be what we expected going into the year. I think it's going to be Trent Brown on the left side, Strange on left, left guard, Andrews yeah. at center, and Winu at right guard. So those four spots, uh, from right guard to left tackle, are going to be exactly how we anticipated going into the year. It's right tackle. That's still the the question mark.
0: And you think Calvin Anderson is the one that at least gets the nod there?
2: Yeah, I think Calvin Anderson will start. You know, he's with the been with the team the entire time. He's with the team in the spring, participated in the spring. So he has a little bit of a leg up on guys like Vidarian Lowe and, uh, and uh, Tyrone Wheatley. He also has NFL experience. He started 12 games in the league over three years. Those guys haven't even played a down in the NFL yet. So, and same with so obviously being a rookie. So, I think that those guys – uh, could spell him, could rotate in with him, but I think Calvin Anderson gets the nod. The other thing with the the Eagles front that I think is going to be really interesting is they didn't blitz a whole lot last year. They weren't in a very exotic team last year. They didn't use a lot of stuns, blitzes, yeah. you know, to all these different bells and whistles that we see the Patriots do a ton. Uh, they didn't do any of that really last year. Um, it was kind of a – you know, Jonathan Gannon is one of those guys that got a head coaching job out, out of the Eagles' success. But uh, there's been a lot of pushback in Philly um, from, from Eagles fans and media about how vanilla they were in the pass rush last year even though they had 70 sacks, right? So uh, does uh, Desai, their new defensive coordinator, does he scheme it up a little bit more? Uh, Do they have more blitzing? Do they have more creepier pressure or simulated pressure? Uh, What do they run in terms of their front, or are they going to still just be a team that's going to try to win their one-on-ones and know that we have better dudes than you do, and that's just going to be it?
0: How much of a factor, Evan, do you think – Philadelphia not having played their starters at all during the preseason is going to have on week one. Is this sort of a calculated gamble maybe that the Eagles have going into this? And this will be a question for uh, Dave Spadaro from Eagles Insider coming up yeah. in a little bit. But I'm just kind of curious as to your point of view and whether or not the Patriots might be in somewhat of a position to take advantage of that.
2: I think a little bit, yeah. I mean, they're going to have some rust. I think that that's going to be clear. Uh, there's going to be some rust early on, and I also would say that they have two new play callers so yep. on both sides of the ball. So uh, Jalen Hurts is going to be in a game getting the plays relayed to him by Brian Johnson for the first time on Sunday. And there's going to be a feeling out process there. Now, I always feel like that maybe lingers in the first half. Then they kind of get into a groove. They get into halftime. They maybe make a few adjustments, and I would expect the Eagles to be humming in the second half. So... If you can get out to a lead, if you can hold it close, wait, wait, wait. You know what's coming. If you win the coin flip, take the ball. No, <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But I, I did. Uh, oh, damn. I, I I will say that I I think that the there's a chance, and and hopefully you know for the Patriots that uh, they are. In a good position at halftime because the Eagles might be working through some rust and things like that. But once the second half hits, I think the game starts to declare. You had
0: best be in position, I think, to steal the game from them. Yeah, at halftime. Because they'll make a charge after halftime. Halftime adjustments, whatever it's like. All right messing time is over. Yeah. I mean, this is a Super Bowl team here that yes. we have that's expected to be a Super Bowl contender could easily be the best team in the NFC. Certainly, the, maybe the best team the, the Patriots face all season long and you got them in yeah. week one and you got all this emotional hubbub with Tom Brady and yada yada and yeah I, you know, that's to me the biggest concern that I have almost is just the emotion of the day. The fans we know are going to be keyed into what this day is really all about because they didn't get a chance to give Tom a proper goodbye and that's what this weekend is supposed to be about. But the football part of it is enormous for this team when you consider the schedule strength over the first half of the season. I mean, if you got plus one in this week, huge, huge difference maker maybe for the entire 17-week season.
2: Yeah, I might be eating my crow on this, but I think that they're catching the Eagles at the right time. I agree
0: with that. Uh, I would not. We're going to agree on this one. You and I don't agree a lot. We're going (laughs) to agree on this one. They're catching the Eagles absolutely 100% perfectly if – if there was any other time to play them, it would be the last game of the year when it means nothing.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But I think that the playing them right out of the gate, you have the advantage of them resting their starters in the preseason. You have some advantage of the new coordinators and different things that they're dealing with Uh, in terms of that. I I think that there's a chance that you might be playing a little bit of a, of a less, you know, not as fine tuned of a team that, I don't know if the execution is going to be quite as clean as what you're going to see in a couple months from Philadelphia and, Maybe the energy in the building does help in that respect as well. Like, I don't think that it's really going to matter too much to the Eagles if it's a rowdy crowd or no, not. No, but, no, no, no.
0: That won't matter th- at all to them. But maybe
2: but, the players can feed off some of the juice. And maybe. there
0: will be some juice. And let's, yeah. keep, let's remind you that there will be more juice in the building because the opened end of the stadium is now closed with that the too- new club and the new scoreboard and the new tower and everything else that they've got, which they're dedicating actually – Friday, I believe, they're officially going to cut the ribbon on everything. So everything's supposed to be open and ready to go. It is going to be a different sounding environment, and it's something I think that, well, many of us who have been here for the entire existence of Gillette Stadium have been waiting for.
2: Yeah, it's definitely different. Uh, I I just know from being out there the little little bit that we've been able to be out there so far this summer, it, it does feel like it plays different. I it it's always on that field for whatever reason for all the years I've been doing it's always windy as hell mm-hmm. I, I can't explain I think it's because of the horseshoe and like the way that the open end of the stadium yeah, just and, the, and, the, the wind. and the
0: wind comes out of the north a yeah, lot yeah
2: yeah and it just it was always windy like even yeah. in the middle of the day on a Wednesday when we were out there shooting videos or mm-hmm. whatever the heck we were doing mm-hmm. it was windy so I, I think this version of the stadium with the closed end, uh, do, the wind's going to be held in a little bit more, like in terms of it's not going to be as windy, I guess I should say. Uh, I, I believe, at least the times that we've stood on field level recently, it hasn't been nearly as windy down Not there. as breezy as it
0: once was. No. So that's interesting. That's a, that's a big factor. So, yep. I don't know. We'll see how the the, the issue plays off. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you the one question that I'm going to ask of everybody to answer today. As you call in, 855-PATS-500, the toll-free telephone number. It's just the same as in Patriots Unfiltered. Webradio at Patriots.com. That's the email address. You can hit us up at Jr. Broadcaster. That's the Twitter handle. Or you can hit me up on my Facebook page at John.Rook to converse uh, about the show, about the team, about what we're talking about. But I'm just, you know, I've, I've been reading a lot of the media, which we're going to get to in just a second here. But a lot of guys and a lot of ladies who cover the beat, as you do, yes, like to make predictions, you know, because based on their observations over the course of the spring and the summer in training camp. And so I hear, you know, five things that will happen with the Patriots, the top ten things that should happen with the Patriots. I, I'm looking for one bold prediction, just one. I want you to... Come up with something that maybe you've been thinking about. Maybe even that you've seen someone mention that you'd like to take a step further, but one bold prediction that you think will happen to the New England Patriots in twenty twenty three.
2: How bold are we talking? Does it I, need to be real bold? No,
0: as bold as you want to make it. I mean, I'll give you you want me to give you mine to start yes. with? Oh, now I have to put myself in a corner well, uh, on I, this one. I need uh,
2: to know the bold meter here. Am I going, like, realistic bold or bold bold? Well, you can go as bold as you
0: want. Uh, I'm going to say the Patriots make the playoffs.
2: Okay. So I was going to say the Patriots are going to have a top ten offense. Okay. I don't know how you're going to... How, well, they'll how, they'll on, probably have to have a top ten yeah, offense in order to make yeah, the there playoffs, or maybe we're on the same page. Yeah. How you calculate offense yards, points, DVOA, like you do it on your own time. Yeah, I'm just telling you that they're gonna they're they're gonna be better offensively than people think. I think they're back to a top ten offense. Not in 2021, they were also a top ten offense, but it kind of felt. I don't know. They had some 50-burgers against the Jets and the Jaguars. They had some defensive touchdowns. I think that this offense is going to take a big step forward. I'm putting it out there as top ten. I think that's the best way to to put a tangible thing on it, and I I think this offense is going to be better than people think.
0: I'm going to give you sort of a a 1A selection on that one, though, just because I think they've got tremendous depth up front. I think Keon White is a legitimate candidate for defensive rookie of the year.
2: Oh, wow. That is – that's bold, bold. That's not. You think a, that's a good one? It's big bold.
0: We did not like it. It's good bold. <laughs> that's what I, he means. I, I, it means I think Keon like White
2: is going to be one of those guys, and I think Christian Barmore, to an extent, was similar in his rookie year. Yeah. Where the advanced analytics are really going to like Keon White, like his like his pressure rate yeah. and yeah. stuff like that's going to be good. Uh, the sacks and like people that just go off the traditional box score. I'm not sure if he's going to be I lighting But I think he might up, score
0: but... well in that traditional box score, which why it will make him a candidate.
2: Okay. I, I look at him as more of like a, a guy that might be really disruptive. I just don't know if he's necessarily going to okay. be registering on the stat sheet to That's be true. defensive rookie of the might year. Might not status. get
0: enough reps in that rotation. Right. We don't know.
2: Yeah. Right? But I think he'll be disruptive. I okay. do. All right. all right.
0: Ev, thanks, man. Appreciate you.
2: Say hi to Chad for me.
0: I will definitely do that. Evan Lazar, Patriots.com. He's headed out to practice and that brings in Chad Graff, who covers the Patriots for The Athletic and TheAthletic.com. Hey, Chad, how's it going? It's doing well. How are you? Great, great. Thanks for taking a little time today. I'll start with what I ended there with Evan, if you don't mind. One bold prediction from you for 2023's I New England the, Patriots.
1: Do you want the optimistic one or the, the pessimistic one?
0: I want the first thing that comes in your mind.
1: All right. The first thing that came to mind was, and I truly believe this, I know that The 49ers are great, and the Jets are very good. There's a lot of good defenses, but I think that this defense is going to end the year as the number one defense. I think that Bill Belichick is kind of on the cutting edge of what he's trying to do here with positionless defense and having guys like Jabril Peppers and Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar and now Marty Mapu, uh, a bunch of guys on that back end who can do a lot of different things so that when the Buffalo Bills try to run at you with two tight ends, you've got guys like Mapu who can play in the box and stop the run against them. Uh, but they're also good enough to drop back into coverage and say, you know, go ahead. We'll take Marde Mapu against Salt Kincaid. Like go ahead, Josh Allen, take that matchup. So, um, I'm not quite as bullish on the offense as it sounds like Evan is, but I'm extremely high on what this defense is and what I think it's going to do.
0: Well, I'm going to tend to agree with you rather than Evan on that one. I'm a little more bullish on the defense, and I think that we were sort of led to believe that would likely be the case this year, regardless of whatever they did. And Look, we've talked about it on this show during our off-season program as well, uh, that I thought one of the bullet points for the entire season would be the offensive line. I thought they'd draft an offensive lineman you know early in the draft and silly me they didn 't do that and now we see the kind of offensive line troubles that they're having with the depth and the injury and everything else that 's going on. If the offensive line can stay you know can get together first of all and then stay relatively healthy, then I think the offense's chance of improving and being a top ten offense, as Evan suggested, improve immeasurably. however, however, I don't think that's going to happen because as we all know, it's a war of attrition. And man alive, you know, you got to keep guys healthy. You got to keep your quarterback healthy and I I'm, I'm I'm just I'm having real problems believing that through 17 18 weeks that you got to play 17 games that the Patriots are going to stay as healthy as they're going to need to stay in order for them to truly be successful.
1: Uh, I'm with you. I think the offensive line is probably the biggest concern more than anything else on the offense like i'm not terribly high on Devonte parker and juju smith schuster as, as your one two but i'm higher on that than i am this current offensive line yeah. setup and the fact that you're then turning to uh day three rookies probably if either of your guards get hurt or if your center gets hurt um a right tackle i still <laughs> don't really know what you have on. i'm not even sure who you're starting right tackle is. You well, know, we confident. suspect we
0: suspect Calvin Anderson. Suspect it.
1: Sure, and you know I I could see that, and that makes sense. But boy, it gives me it certainly gives me pause, especially against that defensive line. Like Calvin Anderson hasn't really practiced all summer because of this Ill, illness that he talked about. Yep. And so you know he's coming into a really brutal matchup. Yep. Hey, we know you haven't got a whole lot of practice, but here's the team that you know almost broke the NFL sack record last year. Like, yep. Good luck, yet. So I,
0: seventy I sacks for this team. Seventy, crazy, Chad. Crazy. Seven. That's seven zero, not seventeen. Seven <laughs> zero. And and the Patriots. They, they were so good. Yeah, they were. The Patriots gave up forty. What forty? Forty one last year, and that was a bad year from them. And the Eagles had seventy.
1: And so, you know, I, I think that means that you're probably going to see a ton of quick game and a lot of short passes. Yep. Probably a lot of run path options. And yep. So, you know, I'm not sure that I would turn on the game expecting to see 70 yard bombs. But, no. Uh, no. I think that's probably what the offense looks like, at least early on, until you are more sure about your offensive
0: the, line. This may be one of the fastest games that we've seen on television in the NFL this year. And, and, and this leads me into the next issue I was going to say. How do the Patriots beat a team like Philadelphia when Philadelphia, maybe top to bottom, may have the most well-rounded roster of any in the entire NFL? And I'm going to include Kansas City in that one. I like the yeah. Eagles. I'm very bullish on the Eagles in the NFC You know, to, to get back in the big game. I, I and As long as, again, health is the key. And I always have to add that because we know health is always a factor. It is every year. And now that we have 17 meaningful games to play, it's certainly going to be that. And when the NFL goes to 18 games, and they're going to go, and maybe sooner than we think, it's going to be even more of a factor. you got to keep guys healthier longer. And so you'll see rule adjustments and this and that. The idea is going to be able to keep guys healthy on the field. So that being said, this team, this Eagles team, is really, really good in the way that the Patriots – beat them is A. They get them early, as we just talked about a little bit. It's great that you're getting early in the year before any of their starters have even played a minute because nobody played in the preseason. And B, run the damn ball. Now, let me codify that for a second. If you don't have an offensive line to run behind, you're not going to run very well. So it's good that you have Ramondre Stevenson and obviously Zeke Elliott to pound the ball between the tackles because they're going to need to. Yeah, you're going to have to throw it somewhat, but if you can come out and control tempo and, and get four or five yards on a first down, and leave yourself in third and short situations, you got a chance to grind out some of those drives against an Eagles team that if you can stay even with them or maybe even have a slight lead at halftime, now you're going to put them under pressure. Now you're going to force them to you know, feel the pinch a little bit, and then you might actually force them into a mistake, which, again, they don't normally do. And you cannot, cannot make mistakes yourself. And, of course, we all know the offensive line troubles that the Patriots had trying to avoid mistakes a year ago, so it lines up to give my whole pointer, Chad, is it lines up to give them a shot? I think more than a legit shot, really, on Sunday. But Philly's talent could still end up winning out unless you stick to a game plan
1: for sure. And and here's what's interesting to me about that game plan, and what I think we'll see is a lot of this, both roster construction and what we've seen in training camp, has been built around 12 personnel where. Bill O'Brien, once again, uses a lot of two tight ends. It's why they brought Mike Gusecki in. Um, And and I think what will be interesting against the Eagles is trying to identify what the Eagles want to do defensively against that when the Patriots come out with their two tight ends. They can either stay in their base defense, and then if you're the Patriots, you're thinking, you know, heck yeah, this is great. You're in your base defense. We get a linebacker or safety against Mike Gusecki and Hunter Henry. Like, Mac Jones will take that matchup all day long but to your point about running the ball, what becomes interesting to me is if the Eagles go to their nickel defense with an extra defensive back, as I think they probably will, they don't want Mike Gusecki and Hunter Henry to beat them. Then the door opens up against a lighter box to be able to run the ball. And I think at that point, if you're the Patriots in 12 personnel against nickel defense, you have to be able to run the ball. It ideally makes things a little bit easier for your offensive line. That does have some questions. Um, and so I think that's kind of the big matchup to me is in 12 personnel when the Eagles are playing light and daring you to run, are you able to run the ball effectively?
0: And that is a major question, a major question. I expect the Patriots to also, you know, be in that you know personnel set because they're going to need to assist their offensive line. We need you know, this team will need uh, blocking. I fully expect. I mean, I'll, be, I'll put it to you this way. I'll be surprised if Zeke Elliott doesn't get more time than Ramondre, not because Ramondre is not better, but because we know that Elliott is a renowned pass blocker, and there may be, especially in passing downs, even though he's pretty good at catching the ball himself, the need to keep him back to make sure Mac's, you know not going to get flattened in the backfield. That's the biggest concern that I really have. If Mac can stay on his feet long enough – and yeah, I'm thinking that certainly short passes, slants, tight ends, whatever they can get to, but nothing that's going to be more than 12 to 15 yards downfield. If he can, if he's able to get those passes out and frustrate Philadelphia, then I think the Patriots would be right there at the end with a chance to take it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really good point about Elliot. And I think that you could see some of that with play action too, as a way to kind of keep him in and as a way to give Mac Jones more options aside from just backs protecting all the time. So I think often we, think hey the offensive line is struggling they've got a tough matchup like just leave everybody in and, and that'll be the way to solve it and right. then you suddenly look up and you've got like three targets downfield and and nobody's open and and all of a sudden you're in a world of hurt so right uh ezekiel elliott can provide you know i think a really big boost in that area and you know in addition to the short yardage stuff i think is a really important uh part of the reason that he's here to begin with
0: okay all right so chad you know um You know, we talked a little bit about bold predictions. Uh, We we kind of feel like we know what this team probably should do in an effort to, you know, have a chance to really win this game. Um, The the story within the story, the part of the reason for the three ring circus and everything that's going on this weekend is obviously Tom Brady gets a chance to be um, embraced, given the old big New England hug you know, by the fans uh, who will be in attendance and which have made this ticket the toughest ticket right now in the regular season for the entire NFL to obtain. Certainly the most expensive. Average ticket on Vivid Seats, as I saw, checked it early this morning. The last time I looked. So here we are midweek as we're doing this show. Average ticket price was
4: $736.
0: (laughs) Right? So... I there's a lot of who there's a lot of hubbub going on above and I'm wondering how well this team can focus and stay above it and we don't know there are 20 new players on this team from as compared to who weren't on this roster a year ago maybe that's a good thing maybe that's not a good thing but I'm just curious as to your 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 you know you've talked to these guys you obviously know the coaches. Uh, what's your feeling on this team's ability to shout out noise and accomplish a mission?
1: Well, it's interesting because even the players who were not here when Tom Brady was here, like there's just no hiding from the overarching presence that he is, everything that he meant to this organization and the team and the six Super Bowls and on and on. As Ramondre Stevenson said today, he feels like he walks past uh, five pictures of Tom Brady just going down the hall. So, Um, Brady is kind of ever present, even if he is you know, embarking Mm -hmm. on his first year of post-playing career now. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of handle that. There are going to be plenty of former players, I think, as Ty Law said, lingering around. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of this is going to go on at halftime when the players aren't there and an opportunity for Brady to say thank you and the fans to say thank you as well, which should (laughs) all be very cool. Um, But there's no doubt that this is going to be swirling. Like the place is going to go crazy in warmups. If Mac
0: Jones comes over and gives Brady a hug or Bill Belichick, See, that's comes over
1: and says hello. some
0: of that has to be talked about right now, right? Like, Hey, I'm going to do this. And, you know, we're going to get the fans behind this. We're going to show that we're all on the same page. I thought they alluded to that a little bit when Mac basically told people that, you know, he told the media and which is telling everybody now that, uh, you know, Brady's one of his mentors. I'm not sure anybody really knew that.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and it, caught people i think by a little bit surprised when the picture came out of the two of them hanging out at craft party this summer together mm-hmm. so you know there, there's plenty of a relationship there but you know at the same time we're also talking about the head coach who you know minimizes distractions perhaps as well as anybody else and prepares for every little thing as well as anybody else this is the coach who you know was so worried about whether the roof was going to be closed or open for kickoff in uh, the super bowl in atlanta so Um, It's a very big deal, and I think it's going to be super cool. But I also, you know, I think that Belichick will do a decent job of just making sure that everybody knows the assignment at
0: hand. All right. Chad, hey, thanks for a few minutes. I I, I do appreciate it, and I look forward to visiting with you from time to time throughout the year.
1: Excellent. All right, thanks for talking.
0: You got it. Chad Graff, uh, The Athletic. He's the Patriots beat writer for TheAthletic.com, at Chad Graff on X. That sounds so weird. Formerly known as Twitter, is it going to stay that way? Is 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 he is is he really going to stay that way? Is Elon going to keep it and leave it X? I thought the X was just sort of a, a a placeholder for a new logo, that it was still Twitter, but he put the X in there to get rid of the little you know Tweety Bird, and they were going to come up with a new logo, and now they're just kind of leaving it as X. I had heard
1: that all his other businesses were had X in the title or something to do with X. So they're all trying to merge them as one thing. Oh, so
0: so it might be that we end up getting another logo here is basically what's going to happen. Probably. It's possible. Okay. Well, who the hell knows anymore? All I know is that, you know, I always say, you know, uh, posted on X, parenthesis, formerly Mm -hmm. Twitter, you know, that kind of thing, because you almost have to, you almost have to like suggest that because nobody knows what the hell we're talking about. X, the hell is X. Okay. I'm just getting used to the little Tweety Bird. And now the, now the, the, the X? Really? Come on. Yeah. The things that, you know, make us go. 855 PATS500, the toll free number, web radio at patriots.com. If you got email, uh, JR Broadcaster, at JR Broadcaster on X, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> or Instagram, too, by the way. If you want IG, okay, at JRBroadcaster. It's the same handle. Uh, or you can hit my Facebook page if you'd like. Let's get to the phones here. We've got um, uh, Dave Spadaro, uh, Eagles Insider, coming up at the top of the hour. And the one and only... Pro football guru himself, Russell S. Baxter, he'll join us in hour number two at the bottom of the hour to go over week one throughout the entire NFL. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now. The main question to you, however, is a question that I did post to both Chad and to Evan earlier. And I want you to come up with one bold prediction. Not two, not three, not seven, not ten. I want one. What's on your mind, front and center, First and foremost, what do you think has to happen? What do you think needs to happen? What is the biggest reason for success or failure for this Patriots team? And, you know, it can have to do with the team. It can have to do with the individual. You know, it could have to be Patriots are going to win 12 games. Well, that would be mighty bold, you know, and I would say that most people would laugh at you if you said that. But if that's what you think will happen, then bring that to the table and tell us why. It's okay. There's no such thing as a, as a silly question or an answer, or a stupid one. As my students all know, that the only stupid question out there is the one that you don't ask. So let's kind of take that attitude with this one and welcome you in the program. Tim is in the U.K. He gets to lead us off here. Hey, Tim, you're in the playbook.
5: Hey, John, how you doing?
0: I'm good. How's it going today?
5: Yeah, not too bad, sir. Um All right, I'll start with my uh, bold prediction. Please. Please. Uh, this was a take that I had kind of um, earlier in the summer when we um, uh, didn't re-sign Jacoby and we uh, signed Juju. I thought, at best, that's going to be a, a net neutral move. Um, I think yeah. there's a you know there's obviously a big risk with Juju kind of you know coming in, learning the playbook, learning a new system, uh, and there's the injury concerns as well. And you know we haven't seen much of him this summer. Uh, I thought at the time, yeah, it's going to be at best, as good as Jacoby was last year. Okay. Um, and, you know, given that we haven't seen much of him this summer, uh, I think that's you know probably not that bold of a take anymore.
0: Uh, no, I actually like it. I, here's another bold take for Juju. He stays healthy and plays, you know, 15 games. Well, that, which would, that would be – now, that's a bold take. I mean, that's you
6: know – That would surprise me.
0: Yeah, well, I think it would surprise everybody. And, and if you you know believe the media, uh, much of the media thinks that Juju's got a bad knee and it's getting ready to explode and yada, yada. I mean, I hope that doesn't happen. Who would want anybody to have that happen? But at the same time, I think we realize that that's part of the reason why they kept so much younger depth at wideout to sort of protect themselves from what they feel might be an inevitability. I don't know. I mean, time is only going to tell. Uh, I just... I, I think that if Juju is able to stay healthy and stay on the field and play, you know, let's say if he's able to play fourteen of the seventeen, I, I think that's also qualifies as a bold prediction. Um, and yeah, if he, I mean, d-
5: I'd, I'd, I'd take fourteen out of seventeen.
0: Right, well, you take fourteen out of seventeen for any of the receivers, wouldn't you?
5: I mean, health at receivers, low key, kind of a really big problem. I think, um, you know, Parker. You know, dinged up. Uh, I think he's back at practice now, but you know, uh, pro- prone to getting dinged up, and he's up there in age. Yeah. Uh, looks like he's going to be out for a lot of the season. Um, I, yeah. I think they've got they've got a lot of depth at receiver, but a lot of it is unproven. They um, they, you they... Know, rookies, uh, recent signings this summer. Yeah. Uh, including some that have come in pretty late in the process. So you know how much they're going to realistically contribute? I don't know.
0: They they do, and, and I, here's an, here's an even bolder take along those lines. Kendrick Bourne will be the Patriots' leading receiver in number of catches and yards and touchdowns.
5: Why? I don't think that's bold. I think I, I agree. I don't think that's a bold take yeah.
0: at all. It, I just don't think Devontae Parker and or Juju Smith Schuster may be on the field enough, and if Kendrick Bourne has uh, you know the kind of season that we anticipate him having. You know, playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. You know, and how he might have been used or misused, let's say, by the previous coaching staff. I mean, whatever for whatever reason it is, I think Kendrick Bourne is the kind of guy that could become you know uh, Mac Jones's Binky and and be a reliable target for him and teams will start to realize that and that's when other teams will get in trouble if they start you know shading over a safety let's say to help Kendrick Bourne out I'll take my chances with Juju or Devontae Parker if they're healthy in the game either one in single man coverage I will take my chances
5: yeah yeah I mean I think if you know if they're they're in the game it means they're healthy and if they're healthy I think they're, they're, they're decent options I'm not I'm not all doom and gloom because we didn't get Hopkins, you know. I think yeah. I think we've got, you know, some some half decent options at receiver. But yeah, if if they're healthy, is going to be the question. Um, right. But yeah, here's here's hoping for a big season for KB because uh, I also just really think he's a likable guy. One. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want him to. I want. Him, I want to see him do well.
0: Absolutely, one hundred percent. Anything else, Tim?
5: Um, I had I had a couple of real nuts and bolts questions. Shoot. Um. Uh. That I was hoping to ask Evan. Uh. I don't know if he's still there, but.
0: Evan is off at practice because uh, Mac Jones is getting ready to go speak, so uh, he needs oh, to be right. there for that. Well, but well, you can call you you, got this, you, you you can call Evan and talk to him personally because he'll do his uh, Catch Twenty Two show tomorrow at this same time.
5: I might do, but I might ask you if have uh, him on the line.
0: Sure, go ahead.
5: Uh, so uh, two of the rookies that we didn't see much of, um, Douglas and Mapu. Yep. Um, questions about how we might see them use um does douglas uh give the red zone offense any kind of juice with this kind of short area quickness no uh, just thinking especially of the, the the edelman touchdown in super bowl 49
0: if he can you know if he if he if kind if, of play yeah if he can run roots like you know julian did then yeah you might see that because as we know you know that first step is usually the lulu and you either you know uh hang onto the cliff or you fall off it so i mean um I would initially say no because you have a tendency to go over the top in red zone situations. But at the same time, why not set up some kind of a screen, even a bubble screen, and let him get behind a couple of blockers and see if he can't, you know, make chicken salad out of chicken feathers, right, and get into the end zone that way. So I would say initially no, but then upon further review, I'm going to figure that they're going to figure out a way to get him the ball somehow, some way, any way they can. And that's part of the reason why we didn't. That's part of the reason why none of us saw him a lot at all, uh, except for what a couple of snaps in the preseason. Because frankly, I think they're, you know, they're playing poker. They're holding their cards to the vest. They don't want anybody to see anything.
5: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think we'll see him in the end zone a bit, and then uh, finally, quickly, Mapu, and I'll get off the line here. Um, uh, Mapu uh, covering tight ends, uh, something that Doug has struggled a bit with, um, and has been a bit of a, a weak spot on the defense. Uh, does Mapu give them anything in tight end coverage? Sure. Uh, and I'll take that off the air. Thanks, All,
0: right. All right, Tim. Thank you for the phone call. Uh, you know, I think you'll probably see Mapu this week. And the reason that you'll see him is because, as Evan mentioned earlier, uh, you'll probably see more of a hefty uh, safety, heavy safety lineup defensively uh, just because of Philadelphia's, uh, you know, pension for, you know, uh, run pass option as well. Yeah. Um, I think you can give him every opportunity to win a job and keep a job. Now I think they'll move him back and forth. I think, you know, my thought process is that you might see him line up in a linebacker slot, even though technically, you know, he's a safety and I think that's where they sort of envision him. But I, I don't think they want to to to, you know, stick pin his position. I think they want him to be that versatile sort of, you know, line up anywhere kind of guy where teams have to account for him because if you have to account for him and assign a guy to him to make sure that you've got the blocking responsibilities here if he's on the line or if he's you know playing a linebacker, that's one less guy that can pay attention uh, that you need to pay attention to on that end uh, of the field. I'm anxious to see him. I'm anxious to see how many reps he gets. I'm anxious to see how he matches up. Does he go exclusively exclusively with the other team's tight ends? Uh, does he cover backs coming out of the backfield? Does he support well in run defense if he's caught on the field in a running down situation? These are all things that we have to learn about the kids that you know we haven't seen yet on the field, and I think that obviously will start this week. All right, Sean in Vancouver. Thanks for hanging in, Sean. You're in the playbook.
6: Thanks, Sean. I'm actually in Montreal right now, heading to the airport back to Vancouver.
0: Oh, so yeah. you're still on vacation?
6: I'm still. Not. Well, it's ending, but yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. lucky but
6: you! It's, uh, vacation time. I
0: could have done with about two more weeks, Sean. Not for nothing. I could have <laughs> done guess. with about two more weeks. A couple of more weeks, you know, on the golf course without any, you know, you know, going to class and, you know, trying to, you know. um, uh, improve impressionable young minds in this country. I think I could have gone with a couple more weeks of, you know, um, uh, swinging it often on the golf course.
6: <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Well, my bold prediction, it might not be that bold, is uh, I say the Patriots' defense will be even better. So they were about seventh in the NFL in points uh, mm-hmm. given up last year in 2022. I say they're going to be top five.
0: Okay. Top five is a good one. Uh, I think that's a reasonable goal. Uh, yeah, bold? Eh, but, bold. You know, but it's bold enough. Look, if they're top five, if they have a top five defense, I would also tell you that for them to be a playoff team, they need to be a, probably a, a, uh, right at about a top ten offense. Evan said that earlier, and I concur with that. It's got to happen on both ends. Could they sneak in with, say, a top five or a top three defense and maybe a top 15 offense? Yeah, they could, but a lot of that is going to uh, be dependent upon how the teams around them do. You know, uh, oh, I was just going to say, Russell Baxter wrote earlier this yeah. week that, you know, it's not impossible for four teams from the same division to get into the postseason. It's happened a couple of times before. I'll get him to expand on that in the next hour. But you know he doesn't think that the AFC East is that division this year, and I, I I would respectfully you know disagree with that because I think all four teams largely have the ability to beat each other. The Patriots right. are the one that everybody's looking at. Everybody's going to assume you know, that the Bills are going to be at the top and that, you know, the Dolphins are still going to be good if, you know, he stays, you know, healthy and that, you know, the Jets are going to be improved. And, okay, that's fine. But you know what happens when you assume, right?
6: Yeah, you make an asset, you, know, you know.
0: And, and I, think, I think that could end up happening. So it'll be interesting to see how that part unfolds. I just, I, I, I think that there is a possibility for that to happen. And it could happen right in the AFC East.
6: Well, the other thing I want to talk about is the uh, game that's upcoming, the the Eagles, because we learn very little from this pieces, and we don't really know, especially on offense, what the Patriots will be, but they've made a lot of moves, and we're going to see if those affect what they had deficiencies with last year, and one of them is the mobile quarterback. So Mm -hmm. right away, we get that test with Hertz. and uh, if you remember back in 2003... The Patriots had um, Damian Hewitt, who isn't you know anywhere near as good as Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. but he was able to mimic Manning well enough for the Patriots to win that season, and and uh, Belichick praised him for that. So uh, we're going to see you know on the practice squad if Cunningham can help the Patriots defense, and with that, I'm thinking Mapu maybe spy mm. uh, times uh, on the field when he's uh, closer to the box.
0: I love the I, I I love the ability to yeah. spy someone especially if you've got the the you know an athletic quarterback who is as much to, uh, a threat to run as he is to throw. The Patriots don't seem to like to do that. Um and oh, they they've they tried them. it in the past. They haven't done well with it. Uh whenever you think that you're you're playing one of these, you know, RPO, you know, geniuses at quarterback and yeah, the Eagles have one, there's no doubt about that that you know, this would be the, the perfect thing to do. I'm not sure that anybody wants to play their hand in that regard, even though it might very well be that that's the case, that there's going to be one guy out there that's sort of spotting him, spying him, uh, you know, just sticking by him, uh, putting a hit on him, whatever it may be, to make sure that he doesn't burn you. When you have somebody as talented as Jalen Hurts, Okay, and I thought he was talented at Alabama. I thought he got the shaft at Alabama, my, my own personal self. And then we saw, yeah, you know, how well he could play at Oklahoma when he transferred. Um, I, 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 he is a definite MVP candidate, and he should be considered that because he's such a threat with, you know, both talents. He's got a better arm right. than people give him credit for, and his legs are as strong as any quarterbacks I think we've seen maybe ever. So when you have that kind of a dual threat. Uh, I'd say you're not doing your job unless you have somebody somebody who has an assignment on him, period. Mm-hmm. But when you do that, you take away from other areas. And I'm sure that would be Bill Belichick's explanation on that one. You're taking away from other help that you might need. So it's almost a uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation, which leads me to say put, that it will probably be situation. Situational.
6: Yeah, well, it's not all the time, but it's it definitely going to be. I, I would think they need to do that to win. But the other thing, I think they they might have addressed. And we'll, again, we're going to see everything. This is a great test with this team because the Eagles are are such a strong team. But you mentioned it before with with protecting the quarterback and yeah. having Zeke yeah. in there, and I, I think yeah. you're going to see um, more twenty two and and uh, aspects of uh, two running backs in at the same time with Zeke and Stevenson both there. So you can pass and run uh, uh, with the same personnel.
0: Yeah. And, I, uh, and I, you, yeah I, I certainly think you'll see them like maybe um, I would say every other series. If not, you know, right. like, you know, all right, one guy plays two downs, the next guy gets two downs, the next guy gets two downs. I mean, you'll see some kind of a rotation, I would think. I mean, that's why they went out and got the guy. So, you yeah. know, Ramondre had a compliment, and so you had help – you know, blocking in the offensive backfield, and so you had a guy that you know obviously knows how to you know catch the football a little bit. Sean, thank you for the phone call because I want to ask kind of that of our uh, next guest here on the program, Dave Spadaro, uh, who covers the Eagles for uh, Philadelphia He's at Eagles Insider on X, formerly known as Twitter. Had to get that one in. Dave John Rook here in Foxborough. How are you today?
7: Hi, John. Good afternoon. I'm doing fine. Thanks. Great. Thanks so, for having me. Looking looking forward to Sunday.
0: Absolutely. Hey, we got to get started with this thing, right? It's, uh, let's get in. You know, the, the summertime's over. It's time to get down to business at hand. So, what are your thoughts on, on what we were just kind of talking about a little bit there in terms of, you know, here's a guy that Ezekiel Elliott, who the Eagles face twice a year for as long as he's been in the league. What are your thoughts on his worth to a team nowadays that clearly he's not the running back he once was? But his ability to block and 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 maybe provide leadership and get you the tough yards. And you know, especially when it comes to Eagles front four, I mean, how difficult a guy is he to to uh, sort of plan for, you think these days?
7: Well, he's always done a really good job against the Eagles. He's been very tough in the red zone, very tough in the goal line. And I think in the right situation, he can be very productive. I mean, the Eagles are a team that is at least at this point, it looks like the Eagles will go with a committee approach at the running back position. And I, I don't look at Zeke as somebody who's carrying the ball 25 times a game, but I certainly think he can be effective in a, in a role. And so I think the Eagles have the o- o- utmost respect for the guy. And, you know, Stevenson and Elliott in the backfield sounds like a power running game. And, you know, it's very important to control the line of scrimmage. And give your quarterback manageable situations, and I think Elliot Elliot certainly helps the Patriots do that.
0: Well, you know, uh, I think it, it's almost universal. Almost everybody I've read when it comes to talking about the Eagles this year feels like the Eagles may have you know the best roster top to bottom of any team in the NFL. Uh, you know, I'm certainly not going to argue that point. I think it's an extraordinarily deep roster, and the front four. Uh, is as talented maybe as we've seen in recent years. Not blowing smoke up your skirt. I'm just telling you. Hey, look, 70 sacks kind of speaks for itself last year, and I think the Patriots' offensive line undoubtedly will have more than just its hands full on Sunday. What's the what's been the Eagles' secret to success? Is it strictly on the the man personnel? Is it the way they run schemes? And how will any of that change since there are different signal callers? You know, uh, you know, coming from your bench this year.
7: Yeah, I mean, the last part remains to be seen. We really haven't seen, obviously, anything from Sean Desai in the preseason. I suspect it'll be relatively similar to what Jonathan Gannon did. The Eagles, until the second half of the Super Bowl, had a tremendous amount of success defensively last year. So, But I think a lot of it's just they, they invest uh, in the draft. They invest at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, in free agency, they invest. I mean, they made a great move a couple of years ago in free agency going out and making Hassan Reddick a priority. He fit in perfectly, double digit sacks last year. He had 16 sacks, all pro player recognition in the Pro Bowl. So, and then you keep adding, then you lose. What's really interesting to me, and I did a piece earlier um, in the spring about this, the Eagles lose Javon Hargrave. I think the highest contract in free agency went to Hargrave, who signed with the 49ers. And there's a chance that this front will be better Because they have some young players developing like Milton Williams and last year's number one, Jordan Davis, they go out and trade up in round number one this year and get Jalen Carter and add Contavious Street and just keep adding pieces and winning with depth. And it's like hockey, bringing players over the boards and keeping everybody in a rotation and keeping everybody hungry, uh, fast off the football and, you know, aimed at the quarterback. So, um... They've hit on the draft, they've hit in free agency, they've developed very well, and they play an aggressive scheme.
0: Yeah. Dave Spadaro from PhiladelphiaEagles.com, at Eagles Insider, joining us here in the playbook. If you really want to know, Dave is the Eagles version of Paul Perillo. Is that <laughs> is that, you think, accurate? Dave.
7: Well, I'm not quite I, I hope so. I mean, I think Paul's great. I mean, I, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> so thank you very much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Paul. Paul's our king around here. We we defer all of the, the you know that stuff to him. Uh, so I I figured well you know shoot uh-huh. let's let's go that route. Let's take that route because sure. somebody's got to step up into that role. How important, Dave, um, is it that Philadelphia figure out a way to get to the Patriots? offense and get to their playmakers on offense early in this game? Because I kind of think, look, we talked about this in the opening hour. Without your regulars having really gotten a lot of time in the preseason, and I know a lot of that's overrated anyway, but let's say, you know, hey, uh, it would probably be a bit of a surprise, or an eyebrow raiser at the very least, if you guys came out clicking on all cylinders from the get-go, just because there's going to be some natural rust, I think, that has to be worn off a bit. So, uh, you know, is it important? for this team to get off to the fast start uh, against a team that, you know, man for man probably shouldn't be step for step with a team that, you know, uh, has the Eagles talent on its roster.
7: I think so. I mean, I I look, I, I, I know it'll be emotional up there with the Tom Brady ceremony. I think the fans will be jacked up and I understand that the Patriots had a down year last year and they've got a lot to prove. And I think, defensively for the Eagles when I look at this defense and I say all right they, they don't really know what the Patriots are going to do but maybe they do they're very familiar with Bill O'Brien they know that they want to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly the tight end will be heavily involved they want to run the football they want to eat some clock um, they want to keep the Eagles on their heels yeah. all of that is important this is the third straight season the Eagles are starting on the road and Nick Sirianni's has had a lot of success a win in Atlanta a win in Detroit kind of set the tone for the season. I expect the Eagles to come out really aggressively offensively. I think that they feel that they match up pretty well with the Patriots with all due respect. I mean, Mm -hmm. a really good defensive front that new England has, but the Eagles, the offensive line is as good as any in the league and the playmakers on the outside with Smith and Brown outstanding Dallas Goddard at tight end, the multiplicity in the backfield with Hertz and some really interesting talent traits in the backfield. I mean, I think we're all just dying to see what this team is going to be all about and, sure. and what wrinkles they'll add. But, yeah, for sure, when you're on the road, man, you want to come out strong and, and take it to them and not give a team uh, a feeling in the second half that it can come back and win the game. So it's very important for the Eagles to finish, uh, to, to rather to start strong and finish, start fast, finish strong. and That's, I think, what every, every team wants to do.
0: You guys have had some injury issues at wideout, no?
7: Yeah, not really, no. I mean, um, uh, the third receiver... Quez Watkins has had a hamstring, but okay. for them, you know, coming out of camp in the preseason, A.J. Brown's healthy. Devontae Smith is healthy. Alameda okay. Zacarias has had a minor injury that he suffered in the uh, preseason game, preseason, uh, second preseason game, I believe. And so, but he's expected to play. I don't, I don't think there's really any, knock on wood, major injury concerns for the Eagles coming into this game. They managed things pretty well coming off the Super Bowl. They really made sure. To give the players time away from the field, get their legs back, get their energy back. Tough loss to the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, emotionally reeling, uh, put that game behind them. I think the Eagles committed this game very focused and ready to play a good football game.
0: What do you think Nick Sirianni learned about that experience last year, especially losing in the way that the team did in Kansas City, and how that will affect how, how will might it affect him as a head coach going into this season?
7: Yeah, I mean, you know, the Eagles didn't play their, their A game in that Super Bowl, and that's a credit to the Chiefs, certainly. Um, but it's also a learning experience for Jalen Hurston and, and company. You can't fumble and have it returned for a touchdown. You can't commit penalties. You can't score three points when you have an opportunity to score seven. Your defense has to get off the field. You cannot give up a big punt return that led to a touchdown. Uh, these are things that, you know, the Eagles lament. They went into that game healthy. Golden opportunity to win their second Super Bowl in five seasons. Came up short. And, and you know I got to tell you, John, what they did was really interesting. And uh, this is the third Super Bowl I've been to with the Eagles. They reloaded the roster. They didn't they didn't take their foot off the gas at all. They knew they had a bunch of free agents that they could possibly lose. They did lose some. There is change on the defense. But they were able to retain James Bradbury and redo uh, Darius Slave's contract and keep Brandon Graham and keep Jason Kelsey for another year and add Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith in round number one. And those young guys get to come in. They don't have to be stars right away, but they're expected to be contributors. And when you have that kind of depth, you know, you just look at the 17 game season and you say, we're pretty well equipped to withstand what we know is coming. And there's going to be some injuries, but the Eagles do have some depth at most positions. But like every other team, there's some indispensable players. And you just hope you get through the season unscathed, get to the postseason, and really play your best football. But it was a learning experience for sure. Um, uh, you have to play a great game in the Super Bowl to win it. Eagles didn't play a great game, and they came up three points short.
0: You know, for a second there, you're talking about some of those young guys coming on. I thought you were going to list Superman and Batman in there too.
7: It's right. Like it's it, when you talk about the roster. I mean, you do look at the roster and you go, "Whoa, there's some talent here." That's
0: uh, what I mean. What's I'm it? I looked at your too deep today, and I'm like. I, I forgot that. I didn't know that. I, you know, and I'm like, yeah. wow, there's some players.
7: Yeah, but there's also some questions. I mean, they have two new safeties. Uh, they've only got three linebackers on the active roster. There's two new starters there. The offensive line has a new starter at right guard. The punter, it appears at this point, will be Aaron Sipoff, who is on the practice squad. Um, so, like every team, you know, there's roster fluidity. There's questions. The first week or two of the season, always unpredictable. Yeah. And uh, the Eagles know they're going into a tough environment. The Patriots crowd is going to be very, very excited for the day and for the celebration and for the start of the season. And I suspect uh, to see Mac Jones and Bill Belichick get off, the, get off the season in the right way. And I think it's really important from the Patriots standpoint that they Patriots start the season the right way after a tough 2022 season. So both teams have a lot of great storylines, and I, I really think it will be a great, great football game of course, one of the themes here is that the Eagles are going against Belichick and yeah. what kind of wrenches is he going to throw into the plan and what kind of surprises will he, will he give the Eagles and what will he do to, to, to devise to do to slow Jalen Hurts in his legs? All fascinating stuff. Can't wait for Sunday.
0: All right, then a final question for you is what I'm asking our fans today is to come up with one bold prediction for the Patriots for 2023. How about a bold prediction from you for the Eagles for this season?
7: Okay, my bold prediction is that the Eagles, for the first time in the NFC East since 2003-2004, will be a repeat winner in the division. Okay. And it's a remarkable statistic. No repeat winner in the NFC East since 2003-2004. Eagles won it last year. History says it's going to be really tough to do it again this year. Dave Spadaro says the Eagles will do it again and get off that 20-year schneid.
0: God, I love it. It just uh, There's no sitting on the fence with you. That's what I love about it. That's great. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, Dave, uh, safe travels this way, and uh, best of luck throughout the course of the season. I look forward to visiting with you again at some point.
7: My pleasure. Thanks for having me, and uh, should be a great, great game. Can't wait for it to start on Sunday.
0: Absolutely. Good luck. It is Dave Spadaro. Again, you can find him at Eagles Insider on X.com or whatever the hell it is, Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, Yada, yada. Uh, but his stuff is good. And like I said, he's, he's the Eagles version of Paul Perillo. So if you really want to know, this is the guy that you probably you got to read, you gotta, probably got to get into. All right, so we're uh, roughly 15, 10 minutes away from Russell Baxter, who will join us here on the program at 855-PATS-500. Uh, Patty and Agwam. Oh, he called in because I had his email all ready to go. But Patty's right here on the phone. Hi, Patty.
3: What's up, John? Hey, part of the noise. I'm gonna mute my phone when I'm not talking, but um, can I give you two bold predictions? Shoot,
0: go
4: for it.
3: All right. Number one, Mac Jones will finish top 3 We'll finish third in the AFC in QB rating, and number the, the second bold prediction is Patriots go five and one in the division. Whoa! They they split against Buffalo. They sweep Miami and the Jets.
0: Wow. All right. That's <laughs> bold. Might might be a couple of other things too, but hey, guess what? If it happens, then I, I, you get the chance to come on the show and crow about it.
3: I love it. I'll do it. I'll, leave, you
0: know I'll I will. That, That's that's pretty good though. Uh, the Mac Jones one, third in in QB rating or top three in QB rating. Look, there's a lot of competition in the AFC, and I think we realize that. And for the Patriots to have a successful season, Mac has to be an upper half quarterback. I'll certainly give you that. Top three? Eh, depends on the other guys and the other teams. But he's got to be, based on his performance alone, an upper half quarterback, and he can't be if the guys in front of him cannot block. He can't be. There's no way. So, uh, that would also be especially bold, I think, coming from you. Not that I think Mac's going to fail. I actually think this team is going to surprise. My first bold prediction was this team makes the postseason. When, you know, there are a lot of people that – don't think that'll happen but we mentioned this on last week's uh, show on our uh, preseason or um, off season finale that uh this um, um, uh, it, it, i mean th- this this team um I think you know I mean what was the over under it was six and a half it started I think at bet MGM. it was started out at six and a half wins and it was up at seven and a half last week and that they were still BetMGM was reporting that they were still pounding the over on that bet at seven and a half. So clearly there are a lot of people out there that think that this Patriots team can make the postseason. Now, of course, if you win that bet, eight wins isn't going to get you into the postseason. But it just sounds to me like there's a lot of optimism surrounding this team, and I recognize that. And so I'm hoping that a little bit of that rubs off on these guys.
3: Yeah, and I just think that Mac, Mac is probably one of the smarter quarterbacks in the league. Um, the fact that they that they got Billy O'Brien this year, I, I think that's going to be a big plus. Um, I've said it all along on you, I think the tandem of him and Adrian Clem will, I mean, they will scheme things to, uh, to make things happen, especially in the first four weeks of the season because they're going to be, I mean, it's a murderer's row of defensive lines that they're going to be playing, well. and I don't think they're, you're going to see anything stupid like, shot plays against these teams. You know, I think they're going to try and get the ball out quick, be smart about it, run some quick slants, some RPOs, you know, all the stuff that was in Max Wheelhouse in Alabama, and um, a lot of the, the the EP offense, you know, a lot of the foundational EP offense that that's predicated on, on winning over the middle of the field, and um, yeah, I think this team's going to win 10 games. I think they could make the playoffs. I don't know. I'm sort of on the fence about that, but I think i think you might need to win 10 or more and then 10 you're gonna need 10 with a tiebreaker to get the playoffs in the AFC this year that might be so the case think-
0: yeah that might be the case but i i would tell you largely you get to 10 wins you're going to be there
3: yeah and you got my prediction you got my score prediction for the week so uh i won't i won't have to say it on the air Let's Lock see you in. said you happens, you do.
0: you said uh the Eagles win 28 27.
3: Yeah, on a, on a and Chad
0: Ryland, Ch- Chad Ryland misses a fifty-plus yard field goal with less than thirty seconds on the clock to lose it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well,
3: yep. Aren't you a rolling I, ball I, I, of butcher I'm knives? Wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't know. I think <laughs> I, I think you. I think this team is going to surprise a lot of people, and I think I think it's going to start week one, and I think they'll carry that momentum on throughout the season, and I think they're going to have a good year. You know, fingers crossed of course, but objectively speaking too, I think you look at last year's team, I know the schedule's tougher this year, but if that team can win eight games with a a real good defense and um, a crap show on offense, I mean I think Bill O'Brien and uh, just a working functioning NFL offense can, can garner them two more wins this year, and that's all I got, Johnny.
0: Let's hope that that is the case. I appreciate you, Patty. Thank you. Let me hit a couple of emails here real quick. Brian, uh, in North Bay, California. Welcome back for another season. Jr. easy, bold prediction here. Patriots will beat the Eagles 29-21. As Tom roots for the team on and keeps the crowd in a fervor. Heading into the draft, I didn't bother looking at Christian Gonzalez because I heard pundit after pundit say he was number one on their big board, including reporters and callers in uh, pre-draft to this very playbook. Now that Gonzalez fell and is on the team, let's get excited. The secondary is a secondary no more. The nod, the shout-out to Eldred there. And can't wait to watch a leap in ball hawking from Marcus Jones out of the defensive slot. Excited for the rookie receivers to get early looks. O'Brien keeps the veterans fresh for the playoff push. Big fan of adding Keon White and Zeke Elliott. Looking for a monster year out of Kyle Duggar. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate that. Uh, our buddy Howard in Stratford, Connecticut. Uh, let's see. Glad to have you back for another season of the playbook and Patriots football. Oh, guys are looking and sounding great. Well, okay. There we go. (laughs) You're looking at me like that. You are. Oh, you're on drugs. (laughs) Can't wait for the Thursday night football tomorrow. And here's hoping the Lions are for real and they beat the Chiefs. Uh, As for the Patriots, I know very few people are going to give them a chance against the reigning NFC champs, but I think the Pats are an improved team, especially on D, and although they will not shut down the Eagles, they're going to slow it down. And he says his key in this game is that the Pats O needs to stay on the field, sustain drives, and allow the D to rest so they are fresh come the fourth quarter. If the O can do that, I believe the improved O can score enough points to win the game 30 to 28 on a walk-off field goal by the rookie kicker Chad Ryland. So we got one who says he's going to blow a 50 yarder at the end to lose it, and another that says he's going to hit a 50 yarder at the end to win it. Why do I we think we're going to miss Nick Folk at some point? I, I, I just saying. Just, just saying. I have nothing against Chad Ryland. I know he's got a cannon for a leg. I'm anxious to see him as just about anybody. But when you're in close games, your kicker makes the diff. The guy you had is as reliable from inside of 50 yards as anybody in the NFL. And now he's kicking for Tennessee. So I'm just going to kind of leave it right there with that one. Uh, Nancy from Iowa. John, have you missed me? I started a new career. I haven't been able to listen, but I am back and love the new broadcast. I will try to listen more often. I miss the fun conversations, regular callers, everything I haven't read or followed the team very much this off season. My bold prediction is the Patriots will be second in the division and make the playoffs. I like the prediction, Nancy. What needs to happen? The offensive line needs to step up big time. If you're taking scores for a yearbook, I will never receive my prediction. Patriots win 23-20. <laughs> I think that was a shot. Marine. I think that was a shot. Still make the playbooks. <laughs> I think that was definitely a shot. Uh, Nelson in L.A. Hey, Nelson, you're in the playbook.
1: Hey, how are we doing today, man? What's happening? Good, good, yourself. How you
0: been? Everything's great. Everything's great. We're ready for football. What about you?
3: I'm excited. I'm excited.
0: All right. So tell me why you're excited.
1: Uh, my prediction is we're going to win
0: 31 to 28. Ooh, last second field goal. Yes, sir. Nice. Okay.
3: And then my the question that you asked.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, the one that you said. I don't know what's the. A bold prediction. What do you think will happen yeah, with the Patriots this year? My boat position is we're knocking
1: the Kansas City out of the ASC championship and we're going to the Super Bowl, baby.
0: (laughs) Nelson, you're all right. You're all right. Way to have that enthusiasm.
3: I'm excited. It's a new era, a new era, and we're going to be out there winning games.
0: Okay. All
7: right. Last year, we were all a mess.
0: Yeah, well, we know that. That's true. Just As long as as you don't have a repeat of that, I'll be all good with it. I
7: keep hearing you, and one love for all y'all out there, man.
0: Okay. Okay. I appreciate you, Nelson, and thanks for listening. It's always good to have that. Um, we got a, a little bit more to get to, but, but first uh, I want to sort of reintroduce, before we, uh, we, we play his show open here, a gentleman who I've known for a long time. And our time goes back to our time together at ESPN Radio back in, well, before, before we hit the 2000s, predating the millennium. So we're going back over 20 years now. Uh, but he's been a, a relatively regular, if not regular, part of this show since the first year we started, which was 2001. Year 23 now, of the Patriots playbook.
4: A real woman could stop you from drinking.
0: You have to be a real big woman. It's time to go around the NFL with football guru Russell Baxter.
5: Now on, my name is Flounder.
0: On Patriots Playbook. Oh. Hey, Flounder! What's happening?
5: Well,
0: it's when. Uh oh! There goes the phone. Son of a gun! Would you? I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it. Hold on! I'm gonna put. I had a clear as day conversation with him. Wow! Is that amazing? I know. I know. Because I heard you talk. I saw you talking to him. And then all of a sudden, bang! So it have. You want to try to pick him up on your end and see if it comes back? Yeah, just because you know. Uh, I don't want to waste any good stuff with Russell. We don't want to do that. Uh, The background on Russell is – he was, for those that don't know, if you're wondering, well, who the heck is this Russell Baxter guy? Russell was the guy in the ear of Chris Berman and, and Tom Jackson uh, during NFL Sunday Countdown and basically feeding them all the info that they had on the air, which really helped make that program work for decades at ESPN. And he since matriculated onto doing his own thing now and covering the National Football League. Jeez, uh, let's try him now. Are you there, buddy? I'm here. Oh, there you are. Okay. I don't I know what happened. I, you said the first two words out of your mouth, and all of a sudden. Ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh,
8: uh. Okay. I, I don't know what happened. I was talking to you, and then all of a sudden, Boomer and Tommy were asking me questions.
0: <laughs> Do they still ask you questions today?
8: Well, um, <laughs> we talk on different levels. I actually talked with Chris a couple of days ago. And Great. So Good. And then we, 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 listen, those are. Um, they're family members. Yeah, right. For life, okay? Right. Um, of course they are. There's a reason, uh, you know, one, one, there, there's a reason you hear the words Uncle Boomer in my house.
0: Okay. <laughs> hey, and yeah. you had uh, you had another family member decide to step aside this week with uh, uh, the retiring of uh, Mr. Mortensen from uh, covering the NFL actively on ESPN.
8: You know, I was I was uh, hoping you'd ask me about more because— um, and you're gonna have to bear with me because when I found out yesterday, um, it, it, he's one of the kindest and actually one of the funniest human beings I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, always brought such perspective, such professionalism, um, and I'm not even doing him justice and stuff. But you know the, the what he brought to our meetings, uh, it, it was more than just information. Yeah. It, it, you know, it was uh, the love, uh, the respect for you know what he did. And so on. And, you know, he's one of those people you, I, I really miss. I got to see him at the Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. He made me laugh. He always makes you laugh. And so, on. And you know, he's uh, you know, I, I posted I posted a picture up that we took at the Hall of Fame um, three or four years ago. Um, he's uh, you know, he was, he was a, a pivotal part of the business. And, you know, I, you know before, this, before this, you know, John, before this day of cell phones, okay, which I'm dating myself, you know, not, you know, listen, I'm not talking, uh, you know, wireless communication and ticker tape or anything like that. But, you know, I, I can remember being in the studios when we used to do the Monday night show, which was actually called NFL Prime Monday, if you remember. Sure. Yeah. Originally, yeah. It started in 1993. It was kind of like in a trailer outside the main complex. Um, and so on, that was the set we used. And, uh, and then we moved inside, you know, with, you know, running water and, and all that stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. They invited and, you in the building. Yeah. You know, we were allowed to come
8: in. Um, but I, I can remember many an instance where, again, before cell phones and, and Mort in the studio being paged, uh, that you have a call and, you know, it, it was a who's who of who, people who were calling Mort. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, um, he commanded that much respect. He still commands that much respect. And I know he – I hear from him on Twitter, and you know, every once in a while I'll get a, a, a nice little message and so on. But um, you know, he, what, what he did for ESPN in terms of credibility, um, it can't be topped. And I, I was –
0: Well, he was the original um, insider, Russell. I mean, yeah. he was Adam Schefter before Adam Schefter was Adam Schefter.
8: Yeah, well, I, I think in some ways Adam can, considers him a mentor. Yeah. Um, you know, those are my words, not essay, But I, I, I think if you read anything that Adam wrote yesterday uh, on Twitter, yeah, I saw it. Word, I, you know, they worked side by side yeah. for the last couple of, couple of years. Adam yeah. was at the NFL Network and then came over and joined us at ESPN.
0: So, right. Yeah.
8: It's uh, you know, communication is so much different now and so on. But just what Mort brought to ESPN and to me personally as a human being can't be replaced and and won't be replaced because he'll be he'll be around for a long time and he'll still be making us laugh and you know the perspective he has with um, you know with players around the league and the respect he has around the league and so on you know that's something you learn over time and that's something he'll never ever lose. Right. So.
0: Yeah, it was always so much fun when I was doing regular radio stints in Bristol. Uh, it was, we always looked forward to having an NFL segment. And whether it was you or Mort or whomever else was, was doing it at the time, Susie Colbert a lot, uh, it was always a lot of fun. We got energized and charged up because they were energized. They were charged up and they knew. So we knew we were about to get an education. And Mort was the one that always kind of led the way.
8: We were there at such a – you know, I was talking to Tommy about this not too long, ago. we were there at such a, a magical time. And I'm not saying that the disparage, what goes on there now, it's a different network. I understand that. And so yeah, and I'm long right. removed from there. I've been gone a dozen years. I'm not a person to go back and say, well, this is that, this is that. Mm-hmm. But we happen to be – I think what was fortunate for us is when, we, when ESPN got the NFL contract in 1987, And they started doing Sunday night games um, with NFL draft was already on ESPN. It was originally on ESPN. Um, And then slowly, surely, you know, became the Sunday night game. And then, of course, I was very, very lucky, Yuri alluded to it, uh, of doing NFL primetime in the studio with Chris and Tommy, which I did uh, in the studio part of it for 17 years. Yeah. Never missed a show. Um, Why would you? Um, and the beauty of watching those two guys, especially John, and you'll understand, especially doing the late highlights. Oh yeah! Because we would sit in what we call the war room and mm-hmm. watch the game, and you know you you could pay admission watching the games in there with Chris I Tommy. I
0: believe and, that. I believe that. Hey, did he ever use his calls while you guys were watching all those games? He could go all the way. Did he ever say no, that?
8: But, you know, Chris would allude to stuff and so on. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the banter that went on because these guys, you know, everybody knew each other so well um, yeah. and so on. And Yeah. Um, so I'll just take you through a typical day as we got, you got ready for the show. Yeah. You know, roughly about 6 o'clock, the production assistants would come up with their highlight packages and what we call shot sheets, and they would go over and, you know, produce whoever was producing the show, would lay out the order we'd do. And then the beauty of when we had the NFL contract uh-huh. when I was there was we could show 30 seconds of a game, we could show nine minutes of a game. <laughs> we weren't limited. Mm-hmm. It depended on how the game unfolded. Mm-hmm.
4: If it was mm-hmm.
8: 45, we wanted to pretty much show you all all ninety-three points, so you never got short t- change in that regard. But again, I know. Use the beauty again is it was the late games, John, yeah. when the production assistants would come into the set and hand Tommy and Boomer the shot sheets. Now we had been watching the games, but we didn't know necessarily what was on the highlight. And you would never be able, you could never tell that after watching these guys do what they did, mm-hmm. and they just played off each other, and the chemistry was. Unreal between the two of them, and, and you know, as many people know that uh, that, that that main studio um, at ESPN is now named after Chris Burnham and Tom Jackson.
0: <laughs> that doesn't shock me at all. <laughs>
8: I know. Well, I mean, it was you know, Dion said Dion said he built uh, the Georgia Dome, right? Yeah. Um, Chris and Tommy built that built that room, no question.
0: By the way, I, I, and I'm going to digress here before we get to the, the games this week. What are your impressions of? Uh, Coach Prime in his debut at Colorado and what he's done in such a short amount of time
8: well I mean I'm watching the I, I watched most of the first half uh, the other day and it, it was hard to believe and I don't watch a lot of college football but it was almost hard to believe that TCU was the favorite team. I,
0: I was listen I kind of knew I knew going in TCU was going to have a hard time for a couple of reasons right. number one the hype behind Dion. Number two, when he's I had a chip on his shoulder, he always came through as a player. I mean, always. Oh, that's yeah. that's why he was who he was. And number three, they lost half their damn roster from last year. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure they would get upset, but wow. I certainly knew it was going to be a good game, and, and we that, that certainly happened.
8: And, and since we're in name-dropping territory here, um, I had an opportunity to work with Deion Sanders on Thursday Night Football in 2015. Yep. So I got to, I got to know Dion a little and so on. He wasn't coaching any of us. Mm-hmm. We already had a coach there named Bill Cowher. So, um, uh, you know, it's, I got to know him a little, little bit personally and so on. Um, that fire in his belly and, you know, watching this. And I think, you know, people with Deion Sanders, because he is very brash and outspoken and confident and so on, you know, and that and that was in full display when he went in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I think people have mixed opinions about him and so on, and you can't deny the talent. Uh, and now, if he he suddenly uh, you know turns out to be one hell of a coach, and again, it's one game, okay? So it's one game, but it was very impressive. It was it was not so much that they won; it was it was the poise in which they won
0: his son
8: and, and, and yeah exactly his son is is a
0: is a is an outstanding athlete
8: right and it, it, watching like i said watching that contest, you know, I think people somehow got the impression because he had overhauled the team um roster and so on, and he was going in here as his first team as the head coach that he was going to be ill prepared yeah um and uh you know it, again. If it, on face value, if you didn't know anything about Colorado and TCU, you would have sworn Colorado was the much better football team.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, let's talk about the football teams in front of us for Week One in the NFL season. I I got to admit, I think there's a lot of anticipation, more so on the Lions' part than the Chiefs' part tonight, or I should say tomorrow night. Keep thinking this is Thursday. You know, hey, these well, these the, both do
8: that three or four
0: times in the next Yeah, these, these date changes kill me. I mean, we were, for 20 years, out of, how many years? Well, this is year 23. I think, were we Thursdays primarily on this show? We did, there, once upon yeah. a time, we did three days a week, but you always came on with us on Thursdays. And yeah. then when I started teaching a few years ago, we had to cut it back to two. And now, because my teaching schedule has picked up it's one day a week, but it's always been Thursdays. This year, we moved to Wednesdays for the first time in right. twenty years. So.
8: Which is why yeah. I want the Wednesday. I wanted to do Wednesday Adams because there is no Thursday Adams.
0: Ah, uh-huh. barum, I like that. I like it. It works for me. the uh, uh, The anticipation for Thursday's game, I think, is all about the Lions as opposed to the Chiefs. What are your thoughts?
8: Well, I agree. I mean, you know, this is the second time in four years that Kansas City's opening the season as defended Super Bowl champions. Um, we pretty much know them, and we've gotten to know them. I mean, they've been in the playoffs eight years in a row. They've mm-hmm. been the uh, three of the last four Super Bowls. Won a couple of titles. Um, you know, we've got. To, I know this. We've gotten to know Arrowhead Stadium pretty well because every playoff game they've played. Except for the Super Bowl, has been in Arrowhead Stadium with mm. Patrick Mahomes. They haven't. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played a road playoff game yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think we know this team. Obviously, a lot of national exposure, and for all the right reasons. Andy Reid's been. Andy Reid is the longest tenured head coach in the league, just not with the same team. Yeah. Andy's first year head coach was 1999 with the Eagles, one year before Bill Belichick.
4: Right. So, right.
8: Little interesting fact. So we we've gotten to know them. What do we know about the Lions? Well, we we know the last time the Lions won a playoff game was eight years before Andy Reid became a head coach of the Eagles. Oh, that was 1991. That's crazy. Well, the last time they won a division title was 1993. It was called the NFC Central, <laughs> not the NFC North, and there were five teams in that division. <laughs> the NFC Andy Norris. North, right. And it, it, thank you very much, speaking of Boomer. Yep. And the last time the Lions won a title, and by the way, they won four NFL titles in their proud history, was 1957, which is two years before I was born, all right? And uh, I just turned 64 a couple of days ago, so do the math on that one. Do the math on that one. Mm -hmm. So we don't know much, but here's what we know about the current Lions. We know that they were fifth in the league in scoring last year, John. Um, Their defense played better at the end of the year. At at one time last year, they were 1-6. and They won eight of their last ten games. Um, So they knocked the Packers out of the playoffs in the final Sunday night game of the year, and they did it at Lambeau Field. Dan Campbell has obviously uh, drawn a lot of attention. I think his first year there because of some of the wacky things he was saying, and apparently it is paying off. For that franchise, now they obviously want to take the next step, and obviously, winning a game against the defending Super Bowl champions on opening night would be pretty Herculean. Mm-hmm. Um, now uh, I have I've lots of numbers here because we, we, Patrick Mahomes usually comes out with a bang. Um, the Chiefs have won eight straight season openers. He's been the starting quarterback in the last five, John. Mm-hmm. All he's done is thrown eighteen touchdown passes and zero interceptions in those five games. <laughs>
0: um, I, I, I got to admit, I mean, you know, it'd be pretty hard not to root for that if you're going to root for somebody in this particular instance. Because look, I don't root for teams per se. I kind of root for stories. Maybe that's just the reporter, the journalist, the uh, you know, you know, the, the media type in me because. Better stories just make for more interest, as far as I'm concerned, all the way around. Um, If if anybody's going to come close to what Tom Brady has done in his career, I've been of the opinion for pretty much the last year or so that Patrick Mahomes could be that guy. Um, When does that chatter continue to kick up? When does, you know, and, and does it, does it, does it take on a life of itself if Kansas City finds himself back in the Super Bowl again this year?
8: Well, yeah, because it, it, it takes on a life of its own because it, it, it becomes uh, – in some ways there are so many people out there who want somebody to be the next GOAT per se. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, because it, God knows we need a GOAT. Um, <laughs> you know. It, it, Today's it, GOAT. We must, we, must, we must live on a farm. Yeah. You know, there's got somebody has to be the greatest of all time, and uh, for people who maybe don't think Tom Brady was the coach, okay. And by the way, it's it's such a ridiculous concept because it's all a matter of opinion anyway, and so on. You know, you you see this this young man come in and honestly do some things that we haven't seen done. I mean, last year Patrick Mahomes became the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era. To lead the NFL in passing yards and win the Super Bowl the same year. Mm-hmm. Now that's not a that's not a small task. That's fifty seven years. Okay, so I mean he had a lot to do with it, and and I thought I found it so ironic that in the Super Bowl in which he was named Super Bowl MVP, and don't get me wrong, you played a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who threw for over five thousand yards didn't even throw for two hundred yards in the Super Bowl. You know, I felt that they won that Super Bowl in the second half by running the football against an Eagles defense that was tied for 16th in the league against the run. Yep. You know, it's, as you know, and this is an unequivocal fact, it is impossible to sack the quarterback when the running back has the football. Yeah,
0: that's also true. That's a stat and that a team won't team appear. That
8: had, right. Think about this, John. A team that had 70 sacks during the regular season Yeah. and eight or nine more in against the Giants and the 49ers in playoffs, mm-hmm. had no sacks in Super Bowl 57.
0: Yeah, that's nuts. That's nuts. None. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, the 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 lineup this weekend seemed to be obviously pretty spread out evenly. Everybody's playing their first one. Uh, I think there are a couple of intriguing uh, matchups, like the 49ers playing at the Steelers. Uh, I would say the Cowboys – Playing at the Giants, which is the uh, the Sunday night game, but to me the, the two games other than the Patriots and Eagles that I think I might be most interested in: Dolphins at Chargers Sunday afternoon, which goes up against the Eagles Patriots game, and then Monday night Bills at the Jets. Kind of kind of anxious to see how Aaron Rodgers is going to look. Well, I'm
8: just I was just wrapping up my food for thought. For full press coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, my 5T statistics, which you'll, you know, we'll see over the next 24 hours and go on. I'm always grateful that Ian Glendon gives me a chance to, to write that for full press coverage. Right. And um, I, I was making the point that do you think the Jets, now, think about this for a second. Many consider Aaron Rodgers last year coming off a down season. Okay. Now, he threw 12 interceptions. Don't get me wrong, that's very high for him okay? Yep. He's not a double-digit interception guy. He only threw 26 touchdown passes. Now, that's a modest total as well. But when you consider the Jets offense in general scored 28 touchdowns in 17 games, I'm going to take a leap of faith and think Aaron Rodgers is going to have somewhat of an impact on this offense. Now, what's also going to be interesting about this game is it's his first game as with the Jets. It's his first game Versus the AFC, an AFC East opponent, but not necessarily, because remember last year, the Packers played the AFC East in the interconference round. Okay, they played Buffalo, they played New England, they played the Jets, right, um, and they played Miami. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
8: so it's not like he's going to see anything that shocks him Monday night. He might be more shocked by some of the other teams. In the conference, that he might not have been played in recent years. Okay, certainly not the the interconference games the Jets have to play, et cetera. So, it's not a bad. And, and also, keep in mind, a year ago, the Jets, before they got you know, fell into that season-ending six-game losing streak, they beat the Bills at eight, uh, at at eighteen t Stadium. They, yeah. wait, wait, a minute. Yeah. MetLife. What is it? MetLife. MetLife. Met life. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, So they beat the Bills and Josh Allen. Wrong sponsor. Last year. So um, this is very its very intriguing for a lot of different reasons because you also consider the Bills offseason. Now, you know, I'm not inside the building, and a lot has been made about Stephon Dade and Josh Allen's relationship, and it seems like everything's okay, right? And when I hear that stuff, I have this flashback. And you know where I'm going here. Mm. Flashback to the early nineties mm. with Mark Levy and the remember the Bickering Bills? <laughs>
0: Love that team. And, Love those teams.
8: Yeah, and the Bickering Bills, he he called them out. It was they were playing the Dolphins in week two down in Miami and they got obliterated. Yeah. And that that was the Bickering Bills. Yeah. And that was also the start of yeah. first straight Super Bowl appearances.
4: Yeah. Right. And I'm
8: not saying the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. Um but this would be interesting. We have It's funny because half the slate this week in week one is divisional games. And, um, you know, we usually see all those divisional games in week 17 or week 18, as it is now. Um, but half the league is in divisional games to start off the season. And that they can be very, very big tone setters because, as you know, and especially in this this league now, where you can go from last to first or last to a playoff spot, real, real quickly. We saw it four times last year alone.
3: Yep, yep.
8: Um, I'll be interesting to see if the Jets and Giants can hold serve. Now, yeah. you, know, you mentioned the Giants, by the way. I have to throw out this number. And if you're the Giants, you'd have to throw up. Um, last year, even though they were 9 7 1 and Brian Dable was. NFL, the Coach of the Year and the Giants won a playoff game for the first time since they beat the Patriots in super Bowl 46 mm-hmm. The Giants within the division last year John, won five and one that's
0: <laughs> nuts and they still made the playoffs that's and crazy made
8: the- that, that, made the playoffs. yeah, that's insane. Three
0: of the losses, obviously, to the Eagles. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads me to the next thing I was going to ask you, because in all honesty, you wrote about it, uh, you know, earlier this week um, um, on full press coverage, but talking about a division that could potentially see all of its members reach the postseason. And I know you thought that the NFC East would be the likely candidate for this year, but I'm wondering, really, what's keeping the AFC East from joining that
8: party? Well, uh, you know, actually – besides the NFC East, I, I also push for the AFC North. hmm You know, that, that, that's a division that had three. They didn't have three playoff teams last year, but Pittsburgh finished strong, Cincinnati, and Baltimore in. Yep. And I find this year the Browns to be very intriguing, and not because of Deshaun Watson and not because of Kevin Stavansky. Um And here's a name you know pretty well, because he had a lot to do with the Eagles win over the Patriots in Super Bowl 52, and that's Jim Schwartz. Mm-hmm who is now the new defensive coordinator for the Browns. Yep. And they went out and got the Darius Smith, the pair with Miles Garrett, with Miles Garrett. Um, Tomlinson up the middle, Shelby Harris up the middle. I'm, I'm just curious about that Browns defense. You know, the AFC North was really interesting last year, John. Every team in the division, all four, went 3-3 three and three in the division. Hmm. But you bring up a good point about the AFC East. And by the way, speaking of... AFC East, and it was a different AFC East. The AFC East is the last division to put four teams in the playoffs in the same year. There you go. Now remember, it is 1998, and those were the years of the AFC East with five divisions.
0: Right. I mean, five, five teams. teams. Yes.
8: Okay. That Colts
0: were in the division. In the yes. Year, yep. And the
8: Colts went three and thirteen. Yeah. But the other three, the other four teams, all made it. All went into the playoffs. Yep. Yep.
0: I, I'm my I I think all four teams have a legit shot this year, and it would not surprise me, Russell. As you just kind of talked about, it wouldn't surprise me to see the AFC East going three and three. Everybody in the division. I know some people who are you know that know Buffalo well are thinking that's just heresy. It's not going to happen. I could see it happen. Well, I can see it
8: happen. They were four and two in the division last year. Exactly. So if it's, if it's oh, you
0: got to pick them off once. If you can pick them off once, everybody's going to end up three and three.
8: Listen, holding third in the division is very important when you come down to those tiebreakers and so on. And I know Buffalo uh, won the division. I know they played one less game, uh, them in Cincinnati, because obviously the more Hamlin circumstances and so on. But again, they were still 4-2 in the division. They lost to the Jets. They lost at Miami for the first time uh, in a bit. or lost to the Dolphins for the first time in a bit. So, um, And the year before, So, you know, it, 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 the, it is it is getting somewhat harder to dominate your division as far as a clean season. The Chiefs did it, obviously, last year. The yeah. 49ers did it last year. But, you know, you look at the improvement and maybe some of the slippage a little by San Francisco. I yeah. mean, they're going to, you know... Doesn't look like Nick Bose is going to be around but right. at least week one. Right. Um, for the Chiefs, doesn't look like Chris Jones is going to be around tomorrow night. So, and we don't know about Travis Kelsey and so on. So it, it, it's a week mm-hmm. to week league. Things can change very, very dramatically. And, you know, been nothing more evident than the fact that, and think about this, John, for people who, are, in fact, this. You know me. One of my least favorite things when it comes to NFL analysts is if the season ended today.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know.
8: Okay, if you want the season end today, go follow the NBA. Want- <laughs> That's not. Want- that wouldn't
0: have been my choice either. <laughs> right.
8: But th- think about this for a while, and think about, regardless of what the teams' record were at the time. Okay, yep. the Jets yep. were seven and four and lost their last six games. Yep. The Titans were seven and three. And lost their last seven games. Yeah. The Chiefs lost. I'm sorry, the Colts lost their last seven games last year.
0: Yep. Yep.
8: The Cardinals lost their last seven games last year. Yep. The Bears lost their last 10 games. Wow. Last year.
0: That's nuts.
8: And meanwhile, while you're kissing off certain people, Jacksonville goes from 4-8 and eight to 9-8 and eight and wins the division. Yep. Okay? So, I mean... You know, maybe, maybe you know who they should get out to, to instead of Carrie Underwood. They should get Ray Stevens to do the Sunday night opening, and that way he can sing. They, why they call it the streak?
0: Yeah, the streak. That's exactly right because it's going to take something like that. I think again this year.
8: Well, I mean, it, it maybe getting hot at the right time. There's yeah. a lot to be said. It certainly, it certainly happened with Tampa Bay in 2020, and to a degree, it happened with the rain a couple of years ago. Right. But, I mean. It, Listen, the Chiefs were tied for the best record in the NFL last year. So yeah. I'm not going to, you know, not go on that stretch. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um,
8: we saw that, you know, we saw what, what looked like teams in solid positions completely collapse at the end of the year. And I think Tennessee, you would have to say Tennessee may be the most surprising of them all.
0: Probably so. My friend, it's good to have you back again. Thank you for making some time for us on Wednesdays this year. Uh, and I look forward to our, our, our visit as often as you can make it on Wednesday. So thank you for clearing your schedule for us and and being with us so we can talk a little football.
8: I've already I've already put in my Google calendar that I'm good until week six of 2026.
0: <laughs> week six, 2026. All right. Well, you may be then working beyond my expiration date. <laughs>
8: Listen, you have you have enough callers. I'm sure I can find somebody
0: who can fill in. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm no doubt about that.
8: Who's Melvin.
0: Uh, actually, Melvin didn't call in today, but but Eldred did. Eldred's hanging on so we can hear you. There you go. You you want you want to say hello to Eldred? Absolutely. Okay, hold on just a second. Eldred, say hello to uh, Russell Baxter because he wants to say hello to you.
9: Hello, Mr. Guru. Hey, Mr. Legend, how y'all doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Just finishing up prediction? my day. <laughs> What's your prediction for the so, year? What do you think? My prediction for the year? Yep. Uh, I'm still going to stick with Seven Eleven. 11 S- excuse me, ten. Seven. Wait a minute. And- I, I, I didn't ask you where you were getting the slurpee.
8: I asked you
0: what Wow. Wow. That's pretty quick for a 64-year-old brain right there.
9: <laughs>
0: That's pretty quick. That's impressive.
9: <laughs> uh, uh, prediction? Well, I'm 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 I got I'm hoping they will go to the playoffs, but uh today's so the things, they I you got to see how they play the game first. And this, this is the
8: oh. I can do. Yeah,
3: yeah.
9: Guess well, of, I mean, obviously,
8: David's old passing Sunday against against Philadelphia, um, and uh, you know, can they? The kid I'm going to be watching on Philadelphia is Jalen Carter, because if he if he can help the Eagles stop the run, and they were very mediocre against the run, um, that changes the face of that team dramatically. Remember, they lost Javon Hargrave in the free agency to the 49ers. And um, that leaves a big hole up the middle in Carter. And, you know, with a little controversy, you know, off the field, et cetera, et cetera, the Eagles made their move. And Howie Roseman, does, I don't think it's enough credit for what he's done with that organization over the last five or six years and so on. So that's the kid I'm going to be watching on Sunday. But uh, it should be a really interesting game um, on Sunday up in Foxborough because you never know what you're going to get with week one. And we certainly have seen our share of surprise. Exactly. All right, enjoy yourself, sir, and
0: and, and, and did you go for the blue raspberry or? Blue raspberry. I believe the blue raspberry Slurpee at 7-Eleven was known as a gully washer. There you go.
9: I, I like the cherry one. I like the cherry one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we go for the hot dogs. Sure, we back, back
0: <laughs> that's also true wait russell did you say you go for the hot dogs
9: oh absolutely
0: oh my god i can't believe you, we oh another brother from another mother because that's all i do you know i go to the, the convenience store miss robin kills me when i want a hot dog in there but they look so damn good in there i gotta get one i
8: was I was shameless plug. I was at Cumberland Farms this morning. Yes, and, and yes, and I was, yes. I, was just, <laughs> I was just pulled into the parking lot. I just pulled into the parking lot, and out came this really nice lady, hot dog loaded to the gills. John. <laughs> <laughs>
4: and,
8: I, and I said to her, "I said, wow, that looks really good." I said, "Now I want a hot dog." Exactly. And, and she said, "Yeah." She goes, that looks good?" I said. Yeah, in fact, how about if I have yours and why don't you go in and get another one?
0: <laughs> right, right, because that way you wouldn't have to pay regular price. If you're getting one, you could get two for $4. That's
8: exactly right. Exactly. And I know that woman I know that woman will never see me again as long as I live, and I know she thinks I'm done. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. Russell, my friend, it's great to visit with you. Uh, I look forward to visiting with you again next week.
8: And just remember what the topic will be next week. Next week. We will talk about the 16 teams that their fans think will go undefeated and the 16 teams where their fans will be saying they're getting the number one pick in the draft.
0: Exactly, because we like to overreact after the first oh, week yeah. of a 17-week schedule. Absolutely. Russell, you the man. Thank you, brother.
8: All right. See you soon, guys.
0: You got it. Take
9: it easy, Mr. Guru.
0: Eldred, what did, you, what did you want to talk about today if we didn't already hit that?
9: Because I'm going to give you the final
0: word in the show today. How do you like that?
9: Well, thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Mr. Legend. The game today, <laughs> uh, game uh, Sunday, um, I got my towel out and my popcorn. Popcorn to eat the towel to cry in. So, <laughs> Ooh. so that that team is challenged from top to bottom. You heard the guy that covered the team, right? Yeah. Top to bottom. Yeah. They hit on the draft pick, and they went up to the guys in free agent. Yeah. Something that our GM don't do. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> they stacked. So I'm thinking, I'm I want I hope the offense put up 20 points, but to me that's just a crystal's wish. I think they roll because they got something to prove from last year. I think they go 35-17.
0: Yeah, eight, I and eight, you know five, it, the, if you're you know uh, if you're trying to think of this thing uh, with a clear mind, um, you know, uh, yes, and and not you know and and not for one side or the other, I can see where you would easily make that choice. Um, I personally think right now, uh, that, you know, the Patriots will figure out a way to keep it close for that first half until the Eagles figure out a way to shake off the rust and probably put pedal to metal in the second half. So I'm going to take the Eagles 24, 20, uh, in that one. Okay. But, but, and the reason I'm going to do that is because I think the Patriots defense is going to keep them honest and in the game for most of the game. And they should, if they can take advantage of mistake, look. Injuries happen, we know, but the one thing that I'm really concerned about the most in week one is self inflicted injuries by way of penalty because we know the offensive line had such a hard time a year ago playing together. And, and it was just, it was an abomination, is what it was. It was like they didn't know what the word discipline meant. And clearly we could see that happen with a defensive front like Philadelphia has in front of them on Sunday. And so if we're revisiting that very thing this next week, no one can say, well, told you so, because we talked about it, and it is liable. It's certainly liable to happen. I'm going to give the Patriots the benefit of the doubt until I see otherwise. That's really all I'm doing here. And if it's 24-20 to 20 and they have an opportunity with the ball late in the game, then, hey, that's all you, that's really all you can ask for. But to, but but, at, but the smart at money at the front, is yeah the smart money is probably on the Eagles winning going away yeah.
9: I'm looking at their front because they can rotate. They got four deep. I mean, you know, I mean, about four like four four depth. I'm talking about they got a guy for each guy on that front line. Mm-hmm. Deep, talent wise, they can play. Yeah. You know, yeah. Especially from last year. Yeah. Right. And uh, our line is what I'm worried about mainly if Mac will have time to set up throw even do the little quick slant. Uh, yeah. So I'm
0: right. just wondering. Right.
9: You know. But uh, uh, everybody that's talking about, we got Gonzalez. He's a number. He doesn't like well, he's a rookie. Y'all got to give him at least eight to nine games because uh, Gilmore had eight games before he came out, before he got better. So you got so he's a rookie. You got to at least give him eight to nine because he ain't gonna be out there smothering everybody like like Sauce. Maybe Sauce had mm-hmm. problems too in the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. He got better towards the end. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got to give Gonzalez the same way. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, giving him the. Same of the doubt. Right, exactly. Taekwon is a disappointment to me. <laughs> Well,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, if you, listen, li, I, I don't know how you could be a factor if you can't stay healthy enough to stay on the field. And right now, that's going to be exactly. the biggest, the biggest problem for him to overcome is staying healthy. So, you know, you you, you can't play if you can't stay healthy. Can't play, and you can't make a, you can't make a difference if you can't play on the field. He's got to learn how to get on the field and stay on the field. Some guys never. Learn how to do that. The jury is still out, but I have to say it's trending in a bad direction for it.
9: Bad direction. It is. Especially when we had Watson picking Olava hey. right there. We know. <laughs> right there. We know, brother. Right
0: we know. We know. Yes, yeah,
4: sir.
9: All
0: right, you be safe out there, Eldred.
9: You too, Mr. Legend. Always good talking to you, sir.
0: Always good to talk to you. Thank you, my friend. Eldred in North Carolina. Uh, forgot to do this, but I need to mention Bridgestone is the official tire of the New England Patriots and proud to partner with Sullivan Tire, New England's headquarters for quality Bridgestone tires. Visit SullivanTire.com to find a location near you. And Patriots fans, if you want to see Toyota's best offers, including those not seen on TV, go to BuyAToyota.com. It's Toyota's official website for deals from the official vehicle. Of the New England Patriots, Toyota. Let's go places. All right, one more email I'm going to share with you here. It came from our friend Aiden in California who says, You want bold? John. Hey, John. Patriots win 11 games and Mac Jones throws for 34 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Whoa. The reason for this is I believe Mac makes the jump that should have happened last year. He has the look to prove to everyone he is the quarterback of the future. For me, that's enough to believe. Until he doesn't. Bob's Discount Furniture has sofas that convert to sleepers when you're feeling sacked. Mattresses that put you to sleep as soon as you touch down. And thousands of highly rated styles that keep the home team happy. Shop at Bob's, the official furniture store of the New England Patriots. Our thanks, well, certainly to all of our callers. Thank you for listening to the show today. I hope you enjoyed the the simulcast on Patriots.com with the video. A little bit of an adventure to get started today. But, hey, we pulled it off. So, hey, well, you know, when you're doing something for the first time, eh, there's always going to be a bump. Thanks to Chad Graf of The Athletic, Dave Spadaro from Eagles.com, and our good friend Russell Baxter, at Bax Football Guru on X, formerly known as Twitter. I always say that just so I can kind of like couch it, you know, with parentheses around it. Thanks to Marine Matt who puts it all together. Same patch time, same patch channel next Wednesday. Next Wednesday we'll recap a bit from the Sunday afternoon game And look forward to week two against the Miami Dolphins Wednesday right here in the playbook. Thank you for
1: downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.